Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Let's jump into this for tonight. We're going to talk about, uh, I'm going to start a new series tonight. You're going to like this series. So let's pray. And then we're going to jump into a great summer series. Heavenly Father, we're thankful tonight. We're grateful. We had an opportunity to come and to, to do something that has eternal value. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the help that you give us. Thank you that we can leave here stronger than how we came in. And so, Father, we give you all the praise for that. What a, what a wonderful thing that you do something on the inside of us and it impacts our entire life. Thank you. Make us a blessing. Thank you for what you've enabled us to do as a church. Give us more grace that we could do more, that you might be honored and glorified and people would see you. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was uh, about 20 years ago, I got a call from a, a couple in the church. I, I had known them. They had been going to the church and a uh, real nice couple. I actually knew them from when I was a sales rep for a company at that time called Administaff and then they changed the name it's now called Insperity. I was one of their, I was a sales rep and I actually was their representative and um, they, they were, they had bought our service with their company. And so when we started the church, they found out we started the church and they, they started coming. So it pays to be an honest sales rep. Um, when they came, they called me, they said, can you meet us for lunch? We'd, we'd like to, to take you to lunch. Well, they, didn't, they rarely ever did this and I just felt impressed to go. And so we met at Papado's. This was uh, about 2002, and uh, we, weren't, we weren't in this building. We were meeting at the high school, and then our other place was the roller rink that we had taken and turned it into a church, and so they, uh, they invited me to lunch, and, and at lunch, they said, we, we had something that we wanted to give the church, and they, they put an envelope, and, and they slid the envelope across the table to me. Well, I'm like stupid, and I just thanked them and took the envelope and, and, like, and put it down beside my chair. They said, you might want to open it. Which, by the way, if someone hands you an open it, yeah. <laughs> I've learned since then. But I, I, I remember I opened it, and it was, it was a check made out to the ark, not me, <laughs> the, the ark, for $900,000. That's what I said. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, you know, you can imagine I'm rarely at a loss for words. It's rare that you catch me speechless. I, I was speechless. I, I just went, oh, my gosh. They said, you know, the Lord blessed us and we sold our business and so we wanted to bring the tithe check and, and bless the church. I went, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You know what that, that you know, and, and interestingly enough, we've had three gifts, even larger than that, have come in. But that was the first. And if you feel impressed to beat that, go right <laughs> ahead. I will open it right in front of you. Just, but, but here was the thing. That, that was the first, and it empowered us. It empowered us as a church to do some things. We actually were able to help a church in Romania that was about to have their doors closed. 
And we were able to send them $100,000 to help them keep their doors open in, in Romania. And it also empowered us because it went into our books and just about a year later, we went to the bank and said, we're ready to build a building. And they looked at our books and we were, we looked strong. That one gift just like lifted us. Gifts are good. And valuable gifts are really good. <laughs> and we want to talk, so I want to do a series and, and this series is called The Gift. And we want to first, I want to introduce to some of the fact that everything that God has given us is a gift. So let's look at, at some of these gifts, and then we're going to talk about one of the big gifts that he's given us. The first one's huge. Salvation is a gift. Romans 6, 23. Some of you know this one. Wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God. In other words, we didn't get, we all have sinned and come short of God's glory, but we didn't get what we deserved. We got the gift of God, which is eternal life, the life of God that's living in us. It's a gift. We didn't earn it. We didn't merit it. It was given to us. Here's another gift. Our position or our place with God is a gift. Romans 6, 7, 5, 17. For by one man's offense, death reigned through the one. It was talking about Adam. Adam's offense, remember Adam's sin. Adam was the one that obeyed Satan and they ate, ate of the tree, big mistake. Said, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. The abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. We mean the gift of righteousness. That word righteousness is the word that means right standing that we have right standing with God because of what Jesus has done. Now, this is not something that we earned, and it's not something that we work for. You say, well, Alan, shouldn't I, shouldn't I practice right living? Yes. But it's the fact that we've been made righteous enables us to live right. So we've been made in right standing with God. We're not trying to earn that. I know, there, and there's some groups today that are trying to earn their, earn their way in, and they do works, and they're, they're always trying to earn right standing with God. Listen, you can't earn it. Then there's another group that says, well, you know, our, all our righteousness is as filthy rags. It was as filthy rags. In other words, what we could do on our own by God's standard was not good enough, but what God did through Jesus, when we received the abundance of grace, when we received him, you also have to receive the gift of righteousness, which means you have just as much ability to go and pray and come before the throne of God as anyone else, not because of your position or title or how long you've been a believer. If you got saved yesterday, you have just as much right to go stand before the throne of God and say, Heavenly Father, I'm so glad I can call you my father. I am so glad that I am your child and you have just as much right to do that as I do, as Joy, as Justin, as anyone you know. Because it's a gift that we didn't earn and it was because of Jesus. It's the gift of righteousness. One of the most important things you can begin to believe is that God has given you right standing with him. So when you come, you don't come as a second class citizen. Aren't you glad? Because we, we live in a world that judges and 
Everybody. Some got it, some don't got it. Some are, or some have got the it factor, some don't have it. Some are talented, some are not. And so oftentimes we can take that same mentality into our life with Christ, into our life with God, and we're like, well, you know, so-and-so, they're, they're gifted and they're a great Christian. I'm, I'm not a great Christian. They can pray. I need somebody else to pray for me. No, you don't need somebody else to pray for you when you realize you have just as much ability to go to God as I do or anybody else does because you received a gift. The gift of righteousness. The gift of salvation. God's grace is a gift. Ephesians 2. These are, some of these are familiar verses. Some of these maybe you don't know. For by grace you've been saved through faith and not, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It's the gift of God. The grace of God, the faith, everything we needed to get saved was given to us. And so God's grace, we didn't earn it. It was a gift. The faith, we, we couldn't get that on our own. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. So we hear God's word. It causes faith to come. Faith enables us then to receive from God's grace. You had to hear about Jesus to be able to at least receive his salvation. But it's still a gift. It's all grace. All his grace for us, it's a gift. So all these are gifts and they're valuable gifts. Jesus is God's gift to us. Jesus had a good encounter with the woman uh, of Samaria at the, at the well. And uh, he asked her for a drink of water. The woman of the Samaria said to him, How is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that says to you, Give me a drink, you ask him. And he would have given you living water. Jesus said, if you knew the gift of, who was the gift of God? Jesus was the gift of God to us. The Bible said, for God so loved the world that he gave. So Jesus was a gift. Grace is a gift. Salvation is a gift. Righteousness is a gift. It's all a gift. Everything we have from God is a gift. Sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that we came up with this on our own. That's a mistake. And so with the gifts, we begin to respond differently to gifts. First, gifts have to be received. When, those, when that couple slid that check across to me, I did not slide it back. Come on. Thank you. I, someone said, good job. Right, right, I did not. I, but how many, have you ever tried to give a gift to someone that refused it? It's, it's somehow, sometimes it's a little irritating. Tried to, you tried to give something to people, they're like, oh, no, no, I can't take that gift. I'm a good giver, but I'm a bad receiver. Well, you need to change. Because you need to be a giver and a receiver. And a lot of times people who can't receive, it's just pride. <laughs> Did you hear that? That was me stepping on toes. I heard them cracking all over the door. You ought to be able to, you can't refuse a gift. You shouldn't refuse a gift. But God does not force his gifts on us. He won't make you take it. I remember one time I was, my mom grew up in a, in a, in a home, she was a single parent home, and um, her dad abandoned the family when she was about six years old. He was a player. And uh, like, he really was a player. He was like a musician. 
but he was a player too. And uh, I, I, she never said much about him, but I met him one time. And uh, he, 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 he looked like my mom. And mom said, this is your, this is your grandfather who I'd never met. And I, was, I think I was a kid about six or something. And I remember he reached in his pocket and he handed me like a couple of dollars. And I refused it. I didn't know him. My parents said, don't take money from. He's a stranger to me. And I'm like, I'm not taking money. Oh, made him mad. He looked at my mom and was like, your kid too good to take money from me? Now, try me now. <laughs> but as a little six-year-old kid, I refused it. And, and it, it, it just irritated him. But he didn't force me. And you know, and God won't force you. He never forced. Listen, if he was going to force us to do anything, he forced us to get saved. Because that's the most important thing. So he didn't force us. He, he makes it a gift. There are some religions that have, have gained numbers by conquest. They go into areas and they, they, they conquer the people there and then force them to join that religion. That's actually how the Muslim religion got started and grew. It was conquest. And so people say, Alan, are you talking bad about the Muslim religion? I'm just talking history. If you look at history, they killed people a lot and forced them to become Muslim. The gospel is not ever intended to be that way. The gospel is intended that you go and preach the good news and whoever believes it and receives it is changed, born again. Aren't you glad God doesn't force? He doesn't come in and make everybody. When you come to Texas, if you move in from out of state, we make you become a believer. I'm just kidding. But after this crowd responded to California a few weeks ago, I'm just, I'm just doing, I have learned better. All right, so gifts must be received. Gifts should elicit gratitude. Now, this is something that I think all of us, including myself, all of us, could probably, when was the last time you just ever thanked God for your salvation? So what, what happens is it's, it's so easy to get, to get caught up in, it's almost like we forget. It's almost like we forget where we were before the Lord came into our lives. So one of the things we ought never to do is never forget how we came to the Lord or how we came back to the Lord or what he's done for us. And every now and then, like every day, it would be good for us to say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you forgave me my sins. Thank you. That it wasn't like I, wasn't like I was a sterling character. Some of us were, were players, <laughs> bad players, bad actors. Was God merciful? Yeah. Should we be thankful? Yes. You know, I was, I was, I was thinking about um, uh, Joy. Uh, she... Um, she, she and I have been married 40 years. And even though things were rough when we first got started, uh, I realized she is a, a gift to me. And, you know, that, that's actually a good way. You talk about a, a, here's a, here's a mini marriage seminar. <laughs> if you view your spouse as a gift to you, you'll actually treat them differently. And I, I, I view joy as a, as a gift to me. So do y'all, that means y'all never fight or never argue? No, we argue. We don't fight near like we used to. In fact, it's rare. But if you treat someone like a gift, if you treat God, what God's done for us as a gift, it makes you grateful. 
You ever heard people say, well, I just don't have anything to thank God for? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I, I, if you've ever been to a funeral of, of a loved one who's a believer, you, you just sit there and, and are just overwhelmed with the thought, thank God I will see them again. Thank God I know where they are. Thank God. So it's good to thank God. So gifts should elicit gratitude. If someone gives you a gift, you ought to at least say what? Thank you. Man, my parents were, were Southern, and they were Old South. Uh, I, I grew up having to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. In fact, if, if mom said, Alan, do, do you, did you want a sandwich? And I went, yeah. That didn't go over well in my family. She'd say, yeah. I'd say, yes, ma'am. Because there wasn't a sandwich coming. Until I, until I adjusted and went, yes, ma'am. If, if someone gave me something, except for my grandfather, if someone gave me something and I didn't say thank you, not good. You know, it's just good manners. Someone gives you a gift just to say thank you. How much more do we owe a thank you to God? Thank you. Thank you. You've been good. It elicits gratitude. And then gifts should reduce the level of pride we walk in. Look at this verse. I like this verse. 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians. For who makes you differ from one another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you've not received it? That's a great scripture for us as believers to remember that what do we have that we did not receive? If you were, let's say, on a boat, deep sea fishing, and you fall in the water and then you notice that you didn't just fall in the water and you're not a good swimmer, but there's sharks circling around. You see fins coming your way. But someone throws you a life preserver with a, with a, a rope on it and you grab it and they pull you in, they get you out of the water before the sharks get you. When you get out of the water, do you go, do you see me grab that life preserver? <laughs> I mean, I, I snatched it. Did you see me? That was a one-arm snatch. I snatched it. Awesome. No, you get out of the water, you're like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you did. Hey, listen, you know all of us were in the water with the sharks? And God threw us a life preserver. His name is Jesus. And you didn't snatch it. He snatched you, but you received it. And you got in the boat. When you get on the boat, the last thing you need to do is start arguing with other believers because all of us were in the same boat, in the same water. All of us should be grateful that we're just saved. And what do we have that we didn't receive? And if we did receive it, why are we acting like we didn't? Why are we looking down on other believers that don't believe like we do? Guys, we got to stop that. We got to stop it. I'm just, I'm not talking about this, the ark. I'm just talking about period as a church. Listen to me. We got too many people to reach and there's too many lost out there for us to be arguing and fighting with one another. We're all people who have received grace. All of us were in the same boat. All of us were bound for hell and now we're not anymore. So we need to be nice to one another because you might have to live next to them in heaven. You're going to be real surprised. You walk out of your mansion, you look there, you go, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> There's a person I just spent three years criticizing on earth. 
And they're like, hey, neighbor. <laughs> Just a thought. Valuable gifts should be treated with great respect. Valuable gifts should be treated with great respect. 1 Peter 1, 17 through 19. If you call on the Father, 1 Peter 1. If you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. That means reverence. Knowing you were not redeemed, purchased with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. You know that $900,000 gift was a, was a big gift and it was precious, but I want to tell you something, the blood of Jesus is a lot more costly and it cost us a lot and should be treated so we should treat that with great respect. That's what I'm saying is it, at least once a day you ought to thank God for your salvation and say, Lord, thank you. It, it, it'll help you remember all the good things that God did for you. Gifts. They change us. We respond differently. Valuable gifts should be treated with respect. There's another gift of God to us. We know this gift. And if we know about this gift, it makes us more grateful that we respect and treat this gift as valuable. As I was thinking about this, I, I saw something uh, a few months ago that really blessed me. And uh, I just wanted to show you a clip. This is from a, this is from a school in, um, in Chicago. And uh, even on a dreary Tuesday morning, the senior class at Benito Juarez High School and their families found hope. It's an honor to be here today with you celebrating class of 2022. Because what came next at this morning assembly was, is, Big. You are a student at Juarez High School today. Your college tuition, your room and board, your books and fees will be paid for and you will go to college for free. It is a moment to remember, to savor, to think about what they just heard. Full college scholarships, not only for the 450 or so seniors at this high school who graduate in just a few months, but for all current students at Juarez and... We are also offering one parent or guardian to go back to school and your families, your life is going to be changed as a result of this. Hallelujah. How about that for a gift? If you're one of those kids sitting there, this is from a low-income school, and they just got full, co full college, four years, room, board, books, everything paid for. That's a gift. That's a huge gift. If you had a gift like that, you'd, you'd walk out on Clyde now. Actually, we've been given something better. And what God's given us is better. Those things impact us. I remember sitting there watching that, just wiping tears going, oh, my gosh. What a game changer. But there's another game changer. And this is a gift from God. Peter proclaims it as God's gift. Looks like Acts, second chapter. Peter's talking. This is after the day of Pentecost. Is right, right at the time they've walked outside and there's thousands of, of Jews have driven, have gotten together. He said, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent 
Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm doing a series this summer. It's called The Gift. And the gift we're going to be talking about is the gift of the Holy Spirit and what a gift he is. And so one of the things that we have recognized and I recognized is often we have not treated the Holy Spirit as God's gift to us. We have not, and yet in the, in the book of Acts, you see them repeatedly refer to the Holy Spirit as a gift. You say, well, why, why is that important that we change? Because when you begin to see something or someone as a gift to you, it changes things. It changes how you respond to them. It changes the level of respect that you give to them. And so as we see that the Holy Spirit is the gift, and this is what, this is what Peter said, this was on the day of Pentecost and all these, there were thousands of them. And they said, what shall we do? He said, well, first you need to repent and receive Jesus for the remission of sins. Jesus is the only one. He said, and Jesus makes it possible for you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to be doing a series on the Holy Spirit. If you've come from a church background where maybe you have not taught much or heard much on the Holy Spirit, I would encourage you to come. I'll give you lots of scriptures. If you're someone who says, you know, I, I know all about that Holy Spirit business, you don't. <laughs> you don't. None of us do. All of us can learn. And you say, well, I've heard you teach this series before. I'm teaching it different. And it started different. We're going to teach it different. I, I, there's an urgency in me to help people. Because I've watched over the last couple of years as I've watched the body of Christ suffer. And I've watched Christians suffer. And I've watched people in their faith as they've just floundered and they've hurt. And I've and I listen and I read the prayer request and I, I listen. And there's an urgency in me that we need help. And the body of Christ needs help. And we need to stop treating the Holy Spirit like he's a weird uncle. <laughs> and start realizing that we need his help in this life. And so I, I'm going to, uh, listen, if you'll stay with me. Now maybe you're like, well, you know, Alan, I grew up in a, in a denomination where we didn't believe that. Just, just here's, what, here's what we have a saying around here. Don't get mad, get scripture. And what that means is don't, don't just go, well, I, I, I don't I believe. Stay open because God's got some good things here. When Paul wrote to Timothy, he wrote something that was powerful. Second Timothy, he wrote, Timothy, he said, therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. If there's anything we need today, we need more power. We need much more love. And we need soundness of mind. Because there's a lot of delusion and deception and junk out there. Power. We need more power. When I graduated from college, I became a sales rep for Wrangler Jeans. By no Wranglers. And uh, they were sending me to Texas. And I, I'd been driving an old Volkswagen with, with no exhaust pipe. It was a fast, it was a Volkswagen fastback. You remember the Volkswagen fastbacks? They, it wasn't a bug. It was, the, it was like elongated. And it had a, the engine was in the back and it had a long hood in the front. That was the trunk. It used to freak people out. At a, I, would, I got out one time at a stoplight and opened 
opened my trunk and pulled a suitcase out. Someone was looking at it because they didn't realize it was a rear engine car. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I drove this nasty old Volkswagen and I traded it in for a Plymouth, no, Chrysler Reliant K car. <laughs> Biggest piece of junk to ever come out of Detroit. <laughs> it was square, it was boxy. It had four cylinders and 110 horsepower. 110 horsepower. When I'm driving around town, it was not a problem. 110, I was cruising. It had a, it had a Landau top. Anybody remember Landau tops? A little, it was like a little plushy half top on there. No spinners, but a plushy half top. And it was, it looked pretty, especially compared to that Volkswagen. And I'd drive around town and it was not a problem. But then I took it to college to see some friends before I left for Texas. And I took it, and where I went to college was up in the mountains. 110 horsepower in the mountains does not get it. I had my foot all the way to the floor, and people were just passing me. College students in beat up old cars passing me, and I'm like, I'm embarrassed because that thing did not have the power to get up those mountains. Listen, when, when life is going good, you don't need much power. But when all hell breaks loose, you need all the power you can get. And we're living in a day when hell breaks loose left and right all around us. And the Bible said that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. And that word power means divine ability, supernatural ability, power and love. Oh, goodness. Could we use a bit more love? Jesus said, Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples because you blast one another on Facebook. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say, you'll know my disciples because you argue and debate with people who theologically don't believe with you. He didn't say that either. The bottom line is, he said, you'll know, they'll know you're my disciples because you have love for one another. If there's anything that we need to send a message to the world is, if you come here, we're not going to criticize you, put you down, demean you. We're going to love you. We're going to believe the best about you. We're going to believe you're in a community that we don't care where you come from or what your background is. If you belong to Jesus, your family, and we can, come, we can grow with that. Amen. And we can grow with one another. Well, Alan, the hey, listen, the Baptists are not my enemy, nor the Methodist, nor the church down the street. Listen to me. These are not, guys, we're not enemies. And you, you know, you've, you've had it happen. You've run across somebody in the in a supermarket or something, maybe you bumped into them with their car, and you go, oh, I'm sorry, and they'll go, oh, no, praise God. It's, it's okay. It's all right. And you go, oh, praise God. Are you a believer? They go, yeah, I'm a believer. Wonderful. You have great fellowship until what? So someone asked the question, what church do you go to? They said, what church do you go to? Oh, I go to First Baptist. What church do you go to? I go to the Ark. Oh. You know what we ought to do? Just say, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Because if you know Jesus and I know Jesus, that makes us brothers. Makes us family. And, I, and my obligation from the Lord is to walk in love towards you. I've told my youngest, who was the great debater for a while, I told him, I said, I don't ever want to hear you debating with anybody. I said, we're done with that. Our, our job is to walk in love.
You'll never hear us cut other churches down. And please don't come up and tell me how horrible your last church was. Because all it makes me know is I'm next in line. Power, love, and a sound mind. Oh my gosh. We need soundness of mind. We need clear, disciplined thought. I was with um, my whole family uh, this past week. We all went to the, to the beach together. It's a great family vacation. There were six children, seven and under. Oh. Oh, and one, one thing I realized about children seven and under, they're children. <laughs> they do children things. And why in the world we think that they should be allowed to choose their gender at that age is not sound mind. We need soundness of mind. And there's so much delusion and there's so much deception out there. We don't need to rail against them, but we need to recognize parents. You need sound mind to help your kids with this. We need sound mind to deal with the world that is going off in a million different directions. And we weren't left helpless. We've been given a gift. We've been given the gift, the gift of God, spirit of power, love, and soundness of mind. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we're grateful for your goodness to us. Thank you that you have loved us and been merciful to us even when we were not so good, and we're grateful for that. Thank you, Father, for an opportunity to learn more about you, to learn more about your gift to us, the precious Holy Spirit, who helps us, who empowers us, who strengthens us, who guides us into all truth and shows us things to come. Thank you for his help. Thank you for your help for us that you did not leave us orphans. You've come to us. Said your bowed eyes are closed. If you came this evening and said, Alan, I don't have a relationship with the Lord. I know that. He knows that. But I like to change it. Or maybe you're here and you say, Alan, I I had a relationship with God and I've gotten away from him and I know that and I want to come back. We're going to say a prayer. I'm not going to have you stand up. I'm not going to have you come to the front. If you're watching online, listen, you can, we're going to say a prayer. You can say this prayer with us. It, you don't have to be here. You can be online and, and receive. But it heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you are here, you're saying, Alan, that is me. I'm going to, have, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. I'm just simply going to say, if, if you want this prayer, just shoot your hand up real quick and say, Alan, that's me. Would you pray for me? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for your honesty and for your courage. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand, you really wanted to, you can pray this prayer right from your heart. This is a heart prayer. And we're going to join you as a church family. We're all going to, we're all going to jump into this one. And we're going to pray, and you're going to pray, and God's going to do an amazing work in you. He's going to do a work in your heart that no one else can do. He's going to do a work to restore that no one else can do. Because he can do that. So we pray this prayer. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. 
Father, I thank you. Hands went up and hearts moved towards you and prayers were made and you heard them and change has taken place. Forgiveness, new birth, recreation. What a wonderful thing. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for your gifts to us. We never, ever want to take your salvation for granted. We're grateful to have your salvation. Thank you that we have the gift of righteousness. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have gifted us so much, and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We hope this message has blessed you. We have services every single Sunday at 9 and 1030 and Wednesday nights at 7. We'd love to see you here. Have a great week.